Johnny, we're going to be at this special conference in Fenton, Michigan. It goes by what, Johnny? Small Church Big Deal. Dot com. That's like the jingle. We got to put that. We got to record that. Wait a minute. We just did. <laughs> we just did record it. I'm pretty we sure. We just did. So the Small, Small Church, Church Big Deal big deal Conference yeah. in Fenton, Michigan, yes. October the 1st. Oh, my goodness. It's, it's going to be a blast. Yeah, it's a Saturday. Come to that. Chris Vitarelli is the guy who puts this on. This is the second year he's done it, right? So, Jeff, you like to say when the first time you do something, it's not that great. But Carl Carl Vader said it was fantastic. So I'm guessing if it was fantastic the first time when it was supposed to not be great, this year is going to be super amazing. Yeah. So super. so smallchurchbigdeal.com yes. to register. And if you're going to bother to come for that October 1st Saturday conference, just get there on Friday afternoon so that we can hang out Friday night together. Yes, please. It would be great. I'll be there. Will you be there? I, yeah, I think so. Okay, well, we're going to be there. So. We'll be great. there. Smallchurchbigdeal.com. Small Church Big Deal. Welcome to episode 191 of the 200 Churches Podcast. He goes on a missions trip with me, and he's sitting there on this missions trip, and he's telling, he says, Jonathan, I'm going home for the first time in a couple of years to visit my family for Christmas. He goes, I have a question for you. I go, okay, what's the question? He goes, how do I talk to my family now that I'm a Christian and they're all Hindus? What, what do I say? What, what convert, Well, how do I answer their questions? How do I celebrate? And I'm thinking to myself, like, my mind's blown. Like, I, I've never... Good question. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. We should ask somebody. Sure. Yeah. We ask somebody who knows what they're doing, how to answer this, you know? Welcome to the 200 Churches Podcast, where every Wednesday we produce a fresh episode of ministry encouragement for pastors of small churches. Now, here are two guys who, like you, serve in the trenches of small church ministry. The Mario and Luigi of ministry podcasts, Jeff and Johnny. This is the 200 Churches Podcast. My name is Johnny Craig, and I'm here in the podcast studio with my man, Jeff Katie. Jeff Katie. I'm doing good, Johnny. How are you? I am groovy, and part of that is because uh, we launched something new at our church yesterday. What did we launch? We launched a whole new slate of early hour educational opportunities, a.k.a. Don't even say it. Don't even say it. Weekend classes. <laughs> I like that. Whatever yeah. you call it in your church. Yeah, we had some new ones yesterday, September yeah. 11th, the first real you know Sunday after Labor Day. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. We had a lot of new people who haven't come to our weekend classes right. in the past. Right. They're very cool. So, hey, that's a win for us. And I thought, hey, let's share a win with the rest of the world. That was a win. And yeah. You know, you don't need to have a megaton win to call it a win. No, absolutely not. But in our universe, it was uh, it was mega. Maybe not megaton, but it was a mega win yesterday. Yeah, I think so. I liked it. Yeah, so T- very cool. Today, we have, we have a guest today that we've never had on the podcast before. Oh. His name is Johnny. Uh-oh. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he's uh, he's from the East Coast. Uh-oh. And I think, I don't know, I, I mean, he's pretty eloquent, pretty articulate, is pretty his energetic. Name, is his name Johnny or is it Gianni? No, it's <laughs> it's John Jonathan Bergio. Oh, okay. It could be Giovanni. I, I don't worked, know. I worked with a guy named Gianni, and people Gianni. would call and say, is Johnny there? And I'd be like, you're talking to him. And then they'd start asking me a question that I couldn't answer. Oh, they meant Gianni. They meant Gianni. Exactly yeah. right. No, this is Johnny Bergio. Okay. Johnny does college ministry, yeah, and uh, you're going to hear all about it, so I'm not going to repeat it all. Sure. But he does college ministry, and when I was on the East Coast this summer, I uh, connected with him, and we got to record. That's so cool. This episode is about how small churches can minister to young adults and college students. That's cool. 
I think a lot of small churches need a little guidance in that area, honestly. And we need to get away from this idea, and I'm sure he talks about this, is that we need to get away from this idea that we have to be the coolest church in town to make an impact on college students and young adults. There was a young adult leaving the auditorium yesterday whom I spoke with, and she loved our church. She didn't say it was the coolest church in town. It certainly is not. But she said she loved it. And this was her second or third time coming, yeah. and uh, she really, she just really, she enjoyed the vibe of the church. We got good vibes, so you got to have a vibe. You got to right? have a good vibe. You got to yeah. have an environment, an atmosphere, but it doesn't have to be the coolest church in town. Yeah. But hey, if you're thinking to yourself, uh, I, I don't really need to know about college students, or hey, we have college students in our church. I still need to learn about this stuff. In fact, I haven't edited this yet. Now, I sat through it right when we recorded it. Yeah. Uh, but tonight or tomorrow night, I'll edit it. And I'm looking forward to yeah to hearing everything that he had to say all over again. I just remember it was really good. That's very cool. Some, some of our listeners might be thinking, I don't have a college in or near my town. Okay, sure, but you have post-college. We have a lot of stu- – we have a lot of – just post-college young right. adults, as you call them, because you're old. But we have a lot of these post-college young adults in our class. They're 22, or in our in our church. They're 22, 23, 24 years old, and every community has people of that age. And I think what John talks about here is good for that age group as well. Well, young adults are in their 20s. The pre-middlers are in their 30s. And then the middlers are in their 40s. Pre-middlers. The pre-middlers. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> and then the grands are in their 50s. Oh, my goodness. And then the uh, the baby grands are in their 50s. And the grands are in their 60s. And then the golden walnuts. The golden walnuts are in their <laughs> 70s and 80s. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's write a book and totally resync all of the segments of society. Oh, that sounds great. Let's do that. I think we just did. <laughs> so if anybody wants to take that outline and write the book, have go it. for That's it. Free. Go for it. That's free. Hey, we're going to get right to this episode, but I want to say this real quick. If you have not signed up uh, for our blog at 200churches.com and, and to get our emails, you are missing out. You are missing out because every week we're creating a, a, a letter that goes out, not just with that podcast for that day, but with other blogs and other content and other podcasts that connect to the theme of that conversation. Yes. And it's really, it's helpful. It's really, really helpful. If it wasn't helpful, I wouldn't be telling you to go sign up. Okay. That's just the truth, but it is helpful and it's a lot of fun. And we would encourage you if you have not signed up yet, get out there to 200 churches.com and sign up. And I just want to remind you guys and you ladies that this podcast is for pastors of small churches. And, uh, I've been able to, uh, I think Johnny, you have as well been able to connect with some of you, recently. And I'm just reminded that it can be a discouraging place to be in ministry in a small church. It can be lonely. It can be discouraging. It can be draining and not to be a downer, but I hear from you guys and you and you ladies, it can be all of those things. So this podcast is here to encourage you, to inspire you, to breathe some fresh ministry oxygen into your servant lungs. We're telling you, turn that frown upside down. There you go. There you go. <laughs> because, hey, small church ministry is is where it's at in 80% of America. Yeah. In the past week, I've talked to several people that have been so impacted by the ministries in our church, the people. I say the ministries. It's really, it's the people yeah, sure. in our church. And the fact that our church is there, it's different from the rest of the churches in town. Mm-hmm. And 
and people get ministered to through it. So I know that's happening in your church, and if you're not seeing it, uh, look for it. Look for it and celebrate those sometimes small wins and notice what God is doing in your church. That's what I want to tell you. Keep on moving forward and uh, don't get discouraged because what you're doing matters in the kingdom of God. Here's my conversation. Johnny, I'm sorry you're not in this, this one. This is classic, Jeff. I think this is the last one that you're not in. I'm I'm gonna, a, I need to go record some of my own. You do. You do. Be my guest. <laughs> I'm, I'd be happy for that. <laughs> so this is my conversation with John Bergio. Yes, I am here with Joe Jansen and Jonathan Borgio. <laughs> oh, no. Bergio? Bergio. Bergio. Good Italian. Mm-hmm. In my town, I don't have enough Italians. You know, I grew up with Italians all over the place, and now where I live, they actually call them Italians. Mm-hmm. Do you like? Do you like? I mean, you you guys don't say Italian, do you? No, no, no. You say Italian. Italian. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I like that. I like that. So, Joe, just introduce yourself quick, and you're going to be kind of the peanut gallery on this particular episode. Well, I'm Joe Jansen from uh, Elam Fellowship, and uh, I'm half Italian. Uh, my mom's name was Gilda Consolata Salucci. Oh, and we yes. don't we don't use Italian either. <laughs> All right. So what was the what was the dish that she would make at home? Oh, she could make almost anything, but her lasagna is uh, absolutely heavenly. All right, that's cool. Tell me her first name again. Uh, Gilda. Gilda. All right, Jonathan. You could take uh, you could take Johnny's place. I think. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's just have this as a this. We'll do this as a uh, uh, what do they call it? Uh, an audition. This could be an audition for you replacing him on the podcast. Sounds good. Wow. So why don't you introduce yourself? Just tell us a little bit about you and uh, where you're from and what you're doing. Yeah, my name is Jonathan Bergio, and currently I am the uh, executive director of Basic College Ministries. Uh, Basic stands for Brothers and Sisters in Christ, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that. But in short, Basic helps churches to reach and disciple college students. Uh, by helping them start their own basic chapter right on a campus. So, uh, but about me, I'm 31 years old. Uh, my dad has been pastoring the same church for over 31 years. And when my parents took it over, wow. my mom was, yeah, she was pregnant with me. Okay. And wow. so I literally grew up in the womb going to church. Uh, the story is, and I'm almost positive it's true, is my mom had me the week after I was born. She was back on the piano leading worship, and I was the baby of four. So by that time, they didn't really care who was holding me and stuff. Yeah, so. right. <laughs> so everyone in the church held me. I was, you know, I grew up in the church. I mean, I helped my grandfather. Uh, we did everything. We caught rats. We built, uh, fixed the toilet paper dispensers, the toilets, sanded, painted, fixed everything. I mean, that's just how I grew up my whole life. So I don't know. I think... I think you did more in your church than Johnny did when he was growing up in his church. <laughs> I think you got you might have better qualifications. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, well, I'll have to check with Johnny and see on that. So this basic thing is this what you've always done? So you're 31. What have you been doing for the last 10 years? Yeah, it's a great question. So 10 years ago, I was finishing up college. Uh, I was a Division One football player for the University of Buffalo, offensive tackle. And it was while I was in college that I really gave my life to God. Um, you know, I was doing my own thing, just experimenting, whatever. Um, but it was uh, the day after Easter Sunday, 2006. I just kind of woke up and was like, what am I doing? Like, you know, I, I want to have purpose. 
and that moment forward, I just determined uh, to live for God. I was evangelizing, telling people about Christ, and um, I graduated with a degree in finance. So I was a financial advisor uh, for a few years. I was actually very good at my job. My boss. Was well, you're six foot ten, John. John. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if you people. tell me what to do with my money, That's I'm right. going to do That's it. All right. That's <laughs> right. You so need the, more money. You need to invest more so, money. So for you listening, this guy is the 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 quintessential tall, dark, and handsome. Yeah. Six foot ten, <laughs> three hundred pounds. Uh, maybe two pounds of it is fat. And uh, he's so even got, he's even got a gold chain on. Yeah, he's, he does. He's from got my grandfather in Sicily. Yeah, oh, in Sicily. <laughs> <laughs> oh my it's goodness! True. Hey, could, you could bring you could bring the pasta in now. That's yeah, it. yeah. That's it. Okay. All right. Don't so tease so me. continue. So ten years ago, it was two thousand six. Yeah, two thousand six. Who? Inf- what was that? What happened? That That's a good question. Uh, Who was it? There was a couple people. One of them was a friend of mine, uh, Mark Abraham. And at the time, he didn't have a car. So I had to drive him to all our practices. And he was a defensive player. And he gave me a Wow Gospel CD. And we really? were listening to Kirk Franklin and, yeah. uh, all the time. And he said he was praying for me for years. And, and uh, you know, he was a huge influence in my life. And obviously, my family was too. And uh, But that was a, a big thing. And, and so when I graduated... I was a financial advisor and I got a little frustrated with my time because all my vacation days, everything was going on mission trip, preaching, and I just felt this drive to do more. And I met with a guy named Mike Cavanaugh who founded BASIC. He's the current president of Elon Bible Institute. And he goes, Jonathan, you need to leave your job and work with my son, Todd, at BASIC. And at the time, Todd, his son, who is now a good friend of mine, was the director of BASIC. And so I said, okay. And so I told my boss, and uh, I left in June 2010. I became a full-time missionary for Basic College Ministries. So I've been here for six years. In January of, I think, 2015, no, 2014, I took over as the director. So um, for two and a half years, I've been the director of Basic. Cool. So are you married yet? I am married. Uh, Okay. I thought I was going to have to put out a plea. So, yeah. <laughs> so tell us about your family. Well, right now it's just uh, me and my wife, Nikki. She, uh, it'll be three years in September we've been married. Okay. I met her. I was speaking about BASIC um, at her church, and she was leading worship at her church. And uh, we became great friends. She connected with the group, and I was looking for this tall girl, and she's five foot tall. <laughs> oh, yes. And so <laughs> I discounted her. And all of a sudden, through a year and a half, we became such good friends like she was one of my, and we never as much as hugged. Uh, we always paid for each other's. I paid for my food. She paid for her own food. And all of a sudden, one day, all my friends, actually Joe Jansen's son, Josh, was like, if you tell me you don't like her one more time, I'm calling you out of that I'm in public, you know? And so uh, I just said, yeah, what am I doing? You know, she cooks, she cleans. She's a she's a good Italian girl, too. She's half Italian like me. And, uh, and so we got married in September of 2013, and she's been working at Basic the whole time, too. Yeah, John married up. Let me tell you, she's a she is a high quality woman, uh, and really does an amazing job. A phenomenal worship leader, singer, uh, administrator, and mm-hmm. uh, she really leads the show. That's on yeah. top of the cooking and cleaning. Yeah, right? oh yeah, he mentioned. Well, that. Well, thank yeah. goodness, uh, editor, strike those words from <laughs> the record, right. please. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, actually, sometimes people say the directors of Basic are here. Okay. Jonathan and Nikki. I said, Nikki, sometimes I feel a little self conscious. You know, I'm the director, but everyone thinks you're doing it. And I said, Ah, oh, that's okay. You know, at least that's good. Yeah, that's good. That's cool. So. Tell us what BASIC does and how it works with churches, because you said that the, most of the churches you work with have around 200 people yeah. in them, 
and that seems to be a good size, critical mass, right, to do this kind of a ministry. Yep. So talk to us about what you do, because I'm thinking that the pastors that listen, they're all, they're all over the place, mm-hmm. literally all over the world, and uh, they're you're gonna you're gonna put some things in their head, and they're gonna take the things that you say and come up. They're gonna innovate and come up with a, a variation that will fit their context. So tell us what you do, what you do with churches when you meet with a pastor who wants to get involved in this. Yeah, sure. So uh, like you said, around 200 typically has been one of our sweet spots because uh, churches that are much, much larger already have some sort of ministry um, going on and they don't necessarily need basic. Mm-hmm. But what our goal is to help a church start their own basic chapter right on a college campus. So instead of saying, listen, we want to start a college ministry at your church. No, what we want to help you do is coach you and give you the resources so anybody at your church, even a volunteer, volunteering 10 hours a week, can run a successful college ministry that is fully recognized on a college campus that is near your church. And so some of the things we look for is, is there a campus uh, within 10, 15 minutes of the church. And if that's a, the case, we can help you start a recognized club on campus, just like the chess team, just like the, the intramurals teams, anything you want. We could help you do that with every right they have. You could get with a basic chapter. And it's done on campus. It's not done in, yeah, in the so, church building. So we have about 34 uh, groups going on, and every week they meet weekly on campus. But all of them are connected to a local church. And so they offer rides to church on Sunday. But what that does is provide, uh, almost gives them, let them, lets them relax a little. Say, listen, you have a chance to provide a community, a chance for people to connect. They come right from class, they eat food, they hang out, they hear someone speak, maybe they have music, they maybe do small groups. But someone who's not comfortable going to church yet, there's not a pressure to get them there right away. You have an opportunity to build a relationship, and then at some point, they're friends with the people in the basic chapter. And they say, listen, just come to church with us. They give rides. We're all going to be there. You could sit with us. We'll go out to eat after. You don't have to talk to anybody if you don't want to. And then people start coming to church. Uh, and then what happens is, since that's the most missing age group from the local church, we're trying to develop habits. So people are used to going to church, but also showing them reasons why being connected to a local church is important for your spiritual walk, but also just for your life practically in general. There's a lot of things that helps. And and what we found is college students are going through stuff. And a lot of times you're on a campus, you don't know how to help that student. But if you're closely connected to a church, they may have the resources to, to disciple, to counsel, to give advice, uh, to help students go through some of these issues. And when those things begin to happen, immediately you help a young 18-year-old deal with an issue, a hurt they had, a problem they have. I mean, you think that's not going to impact the rest of their walk. You think they're not going to understand they need to be connected to a church the rest of their life uh, because of those values that we're instilling in students. So an 18-year-old that comes from high school, they get to college. What do you find with freshmen? What are the things that they typically struggle with that first semester, that first year at college that that you would train a local church volunteer to help them with mm-hmm. in the on-campus club? Yeah, that's a really, really good question, and, and there's a lot to unpack there. Um, but I would say in a general term, one of the biggest things that I'm reading is becoming a problem is the general preparedness of a student in a practical sense for college. And I'll, I'll make fun of myself here. I was an Italian boy living at home. Uh, my mom, she made my doctor's appointments. She Everything for me. I didn't know how to do laundry. So now I go to college where the atmosphere is intense. 
The teachers don't care if you foul or pass, right? I'm playing football. I'm stressed out. I'm tired. And all of a sudden, now I got to make my doctor's appointments. I got to do my laundry. I got to worry about my food. And life is stressful. And everybody knows you make poor decisions when you're tired and when you're stressed out, when you're under pressure. And these students are now getting more pressure because a lot of our parents are babying us which I liked at the time, but now when I was in college, I'm like, man, I wish I knew how to do something for myself, (laughs) right? And these students are making poor decisions. And what happens is a lot of students, especially those growing up in the faith, they're now embarrassed of a decision they made under pressure. And they feel embarrassed to come to groups, to connect with people. And I would just say, tell a student who's done that is, you're not the decisions you make. That is not who you are. We make mistakes. And I would tell people who are working with college students is to love them and open your arms to them and help them with what they're dealing with. You know, don't try to uh, answer questions they're not asking. You know, answer the questions they have and, and help them deal with their problems instead of forcing down this is what they should have done. And you know what I mean? And I think that's huge for students to be accepted for who they are and what they're dealing with. Um, does that make more sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to give me, you don't have to give a name, Yeah. but give me the story of a student that, that you are well acquainted with that has been impacted by a basic club on their campus. Yeah. Cool. Just, just pick one out Okay. just I'll, tell me their story. I'll give you my favorite story because um, it's a really good story, but uh, I have a friend um, who's now my friend. He's, he's still in college. He's an engineer student uh, at where I went to school. And he's um, an international student student from another country, and he's studying at our school. And he told me he first came to uh, the basic chapter for free food. And I've been out, I've hung out with this kid. This kid could eat like me, and he's not big like me. He could eat. So he comes for free food, and he keeps coming back. And throughout a process, the advisor, the church advisor of the group, was talking, hanging out with him. This kid gets saved. Well, his whole family, his whole family's Hindu, and now he's a Christian. Now he's connected to the church where my dad's the sponsoring, my dad's church is the sponsoring church, and he's in my dad's discipleship group. He goes on a missions trip with me, and he's sitting there on this missions trip, and he's telling, he says, Jonathan, I'm going home for the first time in a couple of years to visit my family for Christmas. He goes, I have a question for you. I go, okay, what's the question? He goes, how do I talk to my family now that I'm a Christian and they're all Hindus? What, what do I say? What, what conver- Well, how do I answer their questions? How do I celebrate? And I'm thinking to myself, like, my mind's blown. Like, I, I've never... Good question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. We should ask somebody. Sure. Yeah. We ask somebody who knows what they're doing, how to answer this, you know? Uh, but, th- but that's an awesome story. I mean, we literally had this kid uh, from another country, you know, and, and he's studying in our campuses, and he's coming for free food. You know, and it was a process. He didn't come to church right away. He didn't believe right away, but they loved him. They accepted him uh, and they gave him food, you know. So now tell me the story about a church that signed on with you guys Mm -hmm. and that you've worked with and how they've been able to make a difference in the lives of college students where they otherwise just weren't. Mm -hmm. But because what they learned through this basic ministry now they're they're they know they feel and they know that they're having an impact in the lives of students. Yeah, we um we actually have a church that's local to this area, mm. and um one of the pastors, luckily, three of his four daughters go to a school, Roberts Wesleyan College, which is a Christian school, and um we thought, you know, why would we ever need a basic chapter there? Well, one of the girls comes to us and she says, you know, we'd like to do a basic chapter, and we're thinking. 
why you know what and she's telling us well it's a christian school by name that doesn't necessarily mean that's what people are doing but for those of us who do believe we want somewhere deeper to go and um since the pastor of the church was involved with basic and likes basic he was on board and so his daughter started this group and i just come to find out that one of the girls um, who started the group is attending elam bible institute for a year because of he said it's only it was because of basic and he was telling me that this girl actually counsels other girls still she just graduated who are dealing with certain you know moral issues in their lives and she's helping these christian students on a christian campus deal with these huge moral issues that weren't being addressed before this basic chapter because this girl wanted to have a spot for her friends to encounter god in a deeper way on our campus and the church is now you know hearing these stories of young women being developed in their faith uh, because of it. Yeah, and that's no surprise because even in our churches, we often don't talk about this stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've got stuff now that's in the headlines, Uh, you know, same-sex marriage, transgender situations, Mm -hmm. LGBTQ relationships, and, and, uh, you know, how, how do people that aren't familiar with that, how do they interact with that? And churches are just starting to wake up to the fact that, hey, this is the real world we live in, yep. and we can't just say, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, that's in, that's mm-hmm. in, that's in, separate, separate. Mm-hmm. That, that doesn't work because there are real people who, yeah. need, who need Jesus Christ. So uh, talk, to, talk for a minute to pastors of small churches who uh, may be 50, 75, maybe 100 people, and they're in a community where there's, let's say there's a large college campus. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a state university or it's a place where there's maybe several thousand or even tens of thousands of students. They just feel overwhelmed by, you know, we can't even make a dent mm-hmm. in this. We, we're having a hard time just staffing the ministries in our church. Uh, we're, we, we don't know how to connect with college students. Do, should we really even think about having having an impact on this campus? What are some what are some easy things, some basic, pre- basic, right, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, practical things that they could do to begin to make a difference in the lives of students? Yeah, I think um, that's a great question. I think one of the biggest things they could do is um, just accepting college students. I think there has been a stigma to people who feel I can't go to church because of this when the truth of the matter is you need to go to church because of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a huge problem and a huge stigma we've let off on people. And I think a church, especially sometimes in this 200 person church range, you walk into church, everybody sees you. I mean, you go to a church of 10,000 people, the lights are dark. You could sneak in and sneak out and no one's even saw you. Yeah, exactly. And so sometimes we get a little concerned. So how do we create an environment uh, that isn't a lot of work, but that is accepting and loving of anybody who comes into the church and how do we train the people in our church to understand, listen, someone's dealing with an issue. They're not a bad person. They're trying to figure out they're seeking God. How do we help them see God as opposed to point out what's wrong with them? How do we, uh, how can we accept somebody who's dealing with, am I, am I transgender? Am I a homosexual? Am I this? Am I that? How do I love this? And how do we love those people and accept them? And then expose them to the gospel and expose them. The, the example I use, I've heard uh, Joe Jansen use uh, the same story of, of Jesus when the woman was caught in adultery. You know, I always say that Jesus forgave her. 
He stuck up for her. He saved her life. And then he said, now go leave her life of sin. And I think that sometimes we get so uh, zealous for God in a good way that we want people to stop sinning, but we forget that Jesus also loved them, had compassion on them, and brought them on a journey to bring them to a point where now when you say those words, they're a little easier for them to accept. And I think sometimes college students get worried about that, about going into a church for the first time and things people may say to them and how they may be viewed. So in a small church then, that's that's one thing you yeah. would say, is that you have to be accepting mm-hmm. and not try to fix them before they get yeah fixed yeah you know before the before Jesus fixes them we try to yeah. fix yeah. them so to bring yeah. them to Jesus yeah okay what's something else what if there's this huge campus yeah is there anything practical that they can do to introduce themselves as a church to the campus mm-hmm. maybe to I don't know what is it the student student activities department mm-hmm. student resources student development um, is there anything maybe maybe they could serve the campus in some mm-hmm. small way that that could connect them even with okay. just a few students yeah so that, that so what you have to do there is understand a couple things if you're a church and you want to get on a campus you have to understand something above everything else is that you want to get on to a campus's property mm. so you're you're invading someone else's property which this campus is there to protect i mean they have campus police they don't want every group on campus. And so the mentality has to understand is that campus does not owe you anything. And so we've had pastors come on and they started doing stuff and, and the campuses kicked them off. And we're like, well, we can't help you start a group because you went on campus and we told you not to mm-hmm. do that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, the mentality has to be understand we're going into someone else's home asking to be a part of it. Okay. So Good. when you go in with that mentality saying we're going to follow the rules they have for us, that's where the doors open. Usually campuses don't want a church represented on their school. And so we recommend a couple of things. One is the biggest thing is spend some time praying, maybe walking around the campus um, and just praying for God to open up doors. And there's a couple doors that open. One, a faculty member is huge. Anybody who works at the school in virtually any capacity will open the door for your church to get involved. Or any student. You just need one student. You have a, an adult student who's taking night classes. That's mm-hmm. all you need. And when you have that, it's really simple. The amazing thing about what I'm about to tell you is this. Every student who goes to school pays tuition. And part of that tuition, there's something called a student activities fee. Every student pays that fee. And every student has a right to say where that money goes to on campus. And so what we simply do is you find one student. They go to the student activity center, the student government, whatever you want to call it. All they have to do is ask, how do I start a club on my campus? And they'll give you all the materials you need to actually start a club right on the campus. They'll actually tell you what to do step by step. Most of the times they actually have a template. This is what your constitution should look like. These are things you shouldn't say. These are things you should. The school will provide that Mm -hmm. for you. And so many times the two biggest things you can do is, is anybody who works at the school in any capacity or any student that's enrolled in any capacity gives you access to finding those things to beginning getting involved on the campus. And so they get, they start, they find somebody who wants to start a club. Yep. Then what do they do? Can they send, like, can the pastor from the church meet with that group on the campus property? So, yeah. So, yes, you can because in that sense, the students have started a group and they could invite anybody in 
to speak at their group. Okay. I mean, they bring in comedians, rappers, they bring in speakers of all sorts. And so it just depends on what group. So once you have an established relationship between students and the school, those students could bring in the pastor to the group. I travel all over and speak on campuses all the time and preach the gospel. And the beautiful thing is you may not be able to proselytize in the open all the time, but at your meeting, you can proselytize all you want because it's your meeting. You you can't tell someone, I'm going to go to the chess club, but they, they're not allowed to play chess. You know what I mean? And so, <laughs> yeah. and so there's a big difference there when you establish some simple guidelines of a group. You know, Do you have smaller churches that are making a difference on college campuses? I, I would say the majority of our Very groups much. are smaller, yeah, are, are, are the best. I mean, my dad's church is two, 300 people. Um, I would say on a Sunday, they get, during the semester, 30 students from the school uh, going to the group. Uh, one of their main worship leaders now was a student with me at the basic group. Uh, I was just there a couple weeks ago, and there was a student uh, who my wife went to school with. She helped runs their children's ministry. She's eight months pregnant, and she's playing bass, sitting down, playing <laughs> bass. On the, and she, that, she was a student at the basic group, and she got connected with the church, and she's growing. She's a help at the church, you know, serving at the church and things like that. So, Cool. So, John, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you, just even to consult yeah. right in their town or just wanted to send you an email, give us your email address. It's my first name. It's Jonathan, J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N, at the basic site.org so it's the basic site.org and site is s-i-t-e that's also our website the basic site.org um it has resources on there information on there it has every campus we're on in the northeast mainly new york state um it has our conferences on there everything so and our listeners would know that you know we have a college campus in our town and college ministry for our church is just a huge part of what we do and uh, like you said, you alluded to it earlier, John, you said that if you change somebody's life when they're 18, 19, mm-hmm. 20 years old, you know, that's just at the beginning, you know, you're helping them. Yep. And it seems like somebody did that with oh, you. Yeah. So you hit the campus and you weren't going in the right direction, mm-hmm. right? Yep. I mean, you went, you were going in the right direction on the football field, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. off the football field, th- there was other stuff and that it was somebody that you played football with who made a difference yep. in your life. Yep. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. So thanks for joining us today. Do you have any any parting shot at a small church pastor in terms of their ministry to the young people in their church, whether high school or college? Mm-hmm. I would say um, the main thing is that you're doing better than you think you are. You're making more of a difference than you think you're making of a difference, and you're, you matter more than you think you matter. Uh, we beat ourselves up worse uh, than the truth is. And I think don't be deceived by you have to have the smokes and the the smoke and the lights and the sound uh, to love somebody. Uh, you don't need any of that. And a lot of students are craving a community, are craving someone just to care about them. And I've helped students, and I didn't give them a lick of advice. I just listened to them. And I'm thinking, I have no clue what to say. And they're like, thank you. I feel better. I'm like, good. Cause I didn't, you know, and so don't be so concerned about having all the answers or being the coolest, best person in the world. Just be more concerned about the actual student you're reaching. Uh, and a lot of other things will take care of themselves. 
Man, it almost sounds like there's like the Holy Spirit will do the work or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Starting to get spiritual wow. on the wow. podcast. Yeah. I don't know. This might actually go somewhere. <laughs> Jonathan, thank you so much. Awesome. This has been great to have yeah, thank you. Thank you. And, uh, it's been awesome. Thank may, you so much. Hey, maybe someday, maybe someday when, when you've got two kids, we'll have you back on. Yeah, I'd love to. All right. Thank you. God bless you. Johnny, that was a great conversation with John. But before we go any farther, I don't want to forget this. I want to ask our listeners to pray for our friend Michael Nations. Yes. Michael Nations is with the Vital Initiative. He was on episodes 176 and 181, and he's just had some pretty serious health concerns yeah. very recently, and he may still be in the hospital as you're listening to this. So if you could pray for him that the doctors would be able to diagnose everything and treat him the way he needs to be, or that God just supernaturally heals him. Yeah. He, would, he wouldn't mind that either. That would no, be great. Sure he wouldn't. Uh, but our good friend Michael Nations from the Vital Initiative, if you could pray for him, we would be much obliged. Johnny, John Bergio, you think he's going to replace you? I, I mean, he could. He could. He could. I mean, and that was actually if earlier he, in the day he had recorded with somebody. Oh, really? He had. He I was think all lathered it, up. I think it might have been even his first time. Oh, really? So our, my conversation was only the second time. He but was. He's a natural. There's Hey, there's potential and promise there. I mean, if he and I were to arm wrestle for it, no. Obviously, I would I would be able to retain no. my position. He's about uh, what eighty percent heavier than you are, <laughs> and another eight inches taller. So this guy's a giant. That's okay. He's, he's a giant. Not but, often you feel little, but you feel you felt kind of little next to John. Well, I didn't feel. I felt shorter. Sure. I can't really say that I felt little. <laughs> because he's he's pretty sculpted. <laughs> all right, all right. I see, I see, I no, see. but hey, he gave us some great ideas for college ministry. Yeah, and really, it doesn't matter if you have a college nearby or not. You're you're gonna have younger crowds yes. around yes. that you can connect with. And hey, it might be one person who's 22 years old that walks into your church, and after hearing what John shared, you're just gonna be a little bit more sensitive to maybe the kinds of things that, that young adults go through these days. I, I think that's really important. I think it's important because as, as church leaders, we need to be looking for the next generation, right? Who's the next generation coming up behind us? And that's the people who are in college right now, the people who are just post-college right now. You know, we have an intern here at the church. I can't even call him that anymore, apprentice, whatever. And uh, he's 22 years old, and he... He is the next generation of church leadership, and, and we need to be involving and engaging people like that for the life of our church. And for those of us in our 50s, is a little scary. Yeah, it is. It is. It's I'm a little sorry. scary. I mean, I'm scared when I look at you, Johnny. <laughs> that's, com- <laughs> that's a very common feeling. You're not the only person who gets that. No, hey. I, I'm kidding, by the way. For the record, I am kidding. It's exciting to see the next generation coming up. Yes, that's Because true. hopefully they're not making the mistakes that m- me and my generation made. We hey, never would. Hey, what? You said, hey. I said, hey, speaking of see me, that was, that was going to be my transition. Okay. Speaking of see me, you can come see me at the Small Church Big Deal Conference. Hey, see me, see me. Like you said, when you see me, you get scared. Oh, see me. Not like see me valley. See, I'm, I'm in see me valley. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, the Small Church Big Deal Conference is not in Simi Valley. It's in Fenton, Michigan. Our old friend Paul Kuzma, formerly from Simi Valley. Oh, yeah, that's true. Shout out Paul Kuzma. Absolutely. So if you are Midwestern or, as Jeff would say, anywhere near an airport, get yourself out with planes, yeah. Get yourself out to Fenton, Michigan on October 1st for the Small Church Big Deal Conference. Look, we're going to promote this thing until it's over, and then who knows, we might just start promoting the next year because we be really fun. believe that small churches have different needs than these mega churches, and it's always these mega churches that are throwing the conferences, right? This uh, conference is different, right? This conference is for small church pastors by small church pastors. You got us, you got Carl Vaders, Chris Finarelli is doing amazing things out here at this conference, and we are super excited. So smallchurchbigdeal.com. And uh, you won't regret it. I promise you that much. That, sign up for our blog at 200churches.com if you need to. And remember to pray for our friend Michael Nations. That's a wrap for episode 191. We'll see you next week on the 200 Churches Podcast. We hope you've been encouraged and inspired by this episode of the 200 Churches Podcast. If you haven't already, subscribe at 200churches.com and receive the guy's free PDF download called Our 7 Favorite Ministry Resources. You can count on us to be back next Wednesday with another brand new shiny episode just for you. Until then, may God bless you as you lead and love the people in your 200 church. Church and not anymore. So here I come out to Lima and meet. What are you, 6'8? 6'10. 6'10. Yeah. But they're not the same. I I shop at both, so. Yeah, there you go. There you go. It's like trying to say that uh, upstate pizza is pizza. Yeah. No, you got to go to New York. Upstate pizza is the best. The pizza on Long Island is the pizza that couldn't make it in New York City. (laughs) Me and Joe have a good relationship. We get to eat the people on Long Long Island. Yeah, is he from Long Island? Yeah, Yeah. I actually love the pizza there. I I heard a I heard a certain you know accent. See, I like that though. I like this accent. Last week we had a lady on from uh, she's from Australia. She's now in Cincinnati, but she's got that smooth Australian accent. So that's fun. So. You do college ministry, mm-hmm. so we're going to talk about college ministry. Sounds good. And our wheelhouse is actually churches around 200 people okay. tend to work the best. 